Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The podcast with Dan Bardell and Greg Evans. Hello and welcome to the 1874 podcast, your podcast, everything Aston Villa related. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by the Athletics Global Greg Evans. And I can start calling him that again because he's filming from a global location. Those of you that are listening to this podcast this week are, are way better off than the people watching it on YouTube because I do not know what is wrong with my face. Obviously missing the sky makeup, but Greg looks a million dollars. Greg, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Dan. Feeling very fresh. Uh, playing lots of golf, exercising a little bit more than I, than I usually have been. So, yeah, life's good. I've seen I'm about to embark on a on an exercise regime as well, and an eight-week plan. Did not like the state of myself on, te- on television over the last few weeks. So I've decided to do something about it. So me and Greg dressed quite similarly for the first time probably ever in our lives because our fashion senses are, are very different, Greg. Yeah, it's about time that you uh, started dressing properly. You drag drag me down, drag me down to to your level. I've, I've noticed your, your your content doing 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 the runs. What is it? Five k's. Yeah, I, I have. Do you know what? I haven't actually ma- um, uh, accurately measured the run that I'm doing, but so I it could know. Be <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit harder over here. Um, I'm going a bit slower, but no, it's around about five k. So yeah, I'm just just starting sort of slowly. Uh, fitness levels have dropped off a little bit over the last couple of months so yep, um, I'm back on it now but yeah uh, if you if, if anybody's interested in in following my fitness journey I'm doing a, a 30 day fitness challenge where I exercise and some sort of exercise every single day uh, you can you can follow me on Instagram my Instagram is Greg's Golf G-R-E-G-G-S Golf Greg's golf getting his main hobby in his tagline on a, on social media. Talking of the number five as well, quite a pertinent number this week. Greg has Aston Villa travelled to Bramall Lane and won five nil. Actually, could have been more had Villa not took their foot off the pedal a little bit in the second half. But Villa needed, I think, <coughs> any kind of win 
this weekend. So to win in the, in the fashion and the manner that they did with five different goal scorers, it was a, a really, really good performance. You could see how much it meant to, to Unai Emery as well. So I think that's a, not a turning point because I don't think that the, the season was, was down going downhill or, or anything like that. But I think what that's done is that's kind of stopped the noise a little bit. And I think the noise was actually coming from our own fan base rather than outside. I think the outside could say that we were still having a very good season. But you do feel that like we might kick on and go on a little bit of a run again now, don't you? Yeah, I think, think they needed that, you know, more than anything. They needed to go to Sheffield United, win first and foremost. But to, to put a real statement performance like that and a statement result um, just shows that Villa are still in there. They still mean business. Um, really disappointing against Newcastle. I mean, it was inevitable they were going to lose a game at some point at home. So it's 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 always about how they react. And, um, you know, Emery really got into them um, and sort of drilled them, you know, hard for the for this game against Sheffield United. Um, and, and look, it was a really good performance. I, I don't think a team has scored four away goals in the Premier League in the first half for about 12 or 13 years. 2011, um, I think I saw, possibly. Yeah, I think I think it was Chelsea uh, yeah. of the 2010-2011. So look, you know, for Villa to go and do that, okay, playing against bottom of the bottom of the league and Sheffield United are a struggling team, but you know, came up against Middlesbrough previously in the FA Cup and and, and needed a, a really late goal to to get the job done. So you've got to just go and beat who you're up against. Um, and I thought it was a really impressive performance, first half especially, and the fact that Villa were able to you know sort of go and get another goal in the second half was pleasing too. I quite like the way the fixtures have fallen here because the sticky patch kind of probably started with Sheffield United at home and then Manchester United on Boxing Day. So the way the Premier League fixture computers done it, which is quite weird having played a team that you've only only just played really. But I quite like now that I feel like they've put that right by beating Sheffield United away and they've got a chance mm-hmm. at the weekend to, to put right <clears throat> that Boxing Day defeat as one well kind of extinguish any ghosts. Yeah, uh, I was really surprised with Sheffield United's approach, actually. You know, they were sort of playing quite a high yeah. defensive line, which, you know, doesn't really... I don't know. I mean, look, you know, not a football manager myself, but uh, it does, doesn't really... Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm a golf manager. Don't worry about that. But <laughs> we're talking about football here. Um, it just felt like it was the wrong the wrong tactics, you know, to allow Ollie Watkins the chance to, to run in behind, which he did so often. Um, and Leon Bailey... You know, a player who's in great form. I, I just, it was just a bit surprising, and you know, the fact that Villa were able to sort of wipe the floor with with Sheffield United in that first half um, was was largely down to I think Sheffield United's approach. It was just just a really surprising um, surprising tactic. But uh, yeah, you know, the Man United game now is is something that. Villa will be looking for revenge for. It was really disappointing, wasn't it? You know, the the um, the, the away game, watched Manchester United uh, late last night here. Thought they were so, really impressive. Thought they were, yeah, thought they, they played they really well. The corner, just, they? Well, yes, but, you know, Martinez getting injured again now might cause them some more problems. So it's, um, you know, a little bit of a worrying wait for them because clearly he's a big part of that team. Um, you know, having Casemiro back, it just he just seems to break up play a little bit um, a little bit more effectively than some of the other midfield players that Manchester United have. Hoyland seems to be um, coming into a bit of form, uh, and obviously Garnacho as well. He's uh, he's somebody who's quietly going under the radar. I think he's started nineteen or twenty games in a row now. You know, for for a teenager, it's, he's he's making a real big um, uh, impact at United. So, look, it's going to be going to be a big game. Emery obviously always likes to put himself against the the best teams in you know in the world, and Manchester United still hold him very high esteem. Um, 
and uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to the challenge. I said on the on the preview with Dave <laughs> Reed that I remember us going through a little bit of a similar sticky patch this time last year. And then we came out of it and went on all kinds of incredible runs. So I wasn't really too concerned because I felt like Emery had the, had the minerals to get us out of it and then had the minerals to, to kick on again. And even though it was a bit of a sticky patch, we were still picking up points in, in the main. We only lost two games in that patch and we still managed to win one, navigate <clears> the <throat> FA Cup and, and get a couple of draws as well. So I, I felt like although it was a sticky period, we were still picking up points. Whereas in the past in my life, if Villa have had a bad run, you're losing everywhere. You're not picking up mm. anything, and it's a mm. it's a real struggle. But do, do you think Unai Emery was was wary that it was a bit of a sticky patch, and and did anything in particular to to get them out of it? Um, well, of course, you know he he wants he it's simple. He wants to be winning every game, and and clearly, you know, in the first half of the season, he was doing that more often than not. Um, th- there are very small tweaks and, and changes that he makes to each approach, um, and I think. We can't speak too soon because, it, look, it's one. It's very important and very big victory at, against Sheffield United. But we need to be looking at it this time next week. Are Villa still in the FA Cup? Have Villa got something out of the Manchester United game? Because I'm looking at the league table now and I'm thinking, 15 games to go, Villa are in a great position. I think they probably only need 10 wins to stay in the top five now. Um, and... You know, I think they can do that. I'm yeah. really, really confident that they can do that. And I don't see them getting pipped at this point now. I know I know it's early to say that, but I think there's more chance of Villa remaining in the title race than dropping out of the top five at this point in time. I think I think they're still firmly in there. And you can't write them off the title yet. I know it sounds crazy and, and, and maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves after... Um, you know, one 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 decent victory, but you look at the table. You know, it only takes a only takes another little run, and Villa are right back in there. Five points behind Liverpool, still got to play them. Um, only three points behind Arsenal, and everyone's raving about Arsenal now. They're back in the title race because they beat Liverpool. Villa are three points behind them, and they've already beaten this season, and they've still got to play them again. So, don't write Villa off yet. Um, and if they can get those ten wins, I think they'll finish in the top five. I love the positivity, Greg. I'm not with you on the title race still if I was offered fourth now I'd absolutely take it I think I want to make sure we get fourth that that's what what I want I think it's going to be a quite a close battle between us and Spurs although I was a massive fan of, of Everton scoring in, in stoppage time at the weekend but it feels like there's a gap between fifth and, and the rest now mm. so it does anything lower than fifth now would feel very very disappointing wouldn't it Hundred percent. If Villa don't finish in the top five, it's going to go down as a really disappointing season. Which you know, is amazing. As mad as that really, sounds, as yeah. As that sounds, yeah. You know, you, you, we were we were talking at the start of this season, thinking if Villa can finish in the, the top six this year and get into the Europa League rather than the Europa Conference League, then that's progress. But the first half of this season has shown that Villa are capable of of of, of being a top four team and qualifying for the Champions League. So that's ultimately got to be their aim. I'm I'm not for one minute saying that Villa are going to win the title. I don't think they will win the title. I still think the three teams above them. Um, Man City are going to win it. That result yesterday plays right into Man City's hands. Yeah, it was feeling like Liverpool were looking really dominant and it was written in the stars, wasn't it, that Klopp's farewell was going to end in a title and everything seemed to be going well for Liverpool. They'd only lost one game this season um, and that was the you know the really unfortunate um, game at, at Tottenham, which you know clearly was... Uh, you know, highly controversial, but 
this that result yesterday changes everything. And I, I just think, you know, all the teams around each other, those top four or five teams have all beaten each other. So the title race for me is still wide open. I think it's going to be really exciting the next couple of weeks and, and couple of months. Um and yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. I still think Villa have got a better chance of remaining in the title race than slipping out of the top five at this point in time. Because look, if Villa do get the ten wins that I think they need out of the fifteen games, that means that Man United, who are yeah, their closest challenger now for the top five, um, would have to win thirteen out of their fifteen games. I just don't see them doing it. No. Take a little break for a second to, to say something about our sponsors, NordVPN. You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to 1874.io slash NordVPN. If you do that, you'll get a huge discount off their plan and you'll also get four months to free. And look four months for free even. And luckily for you, it's completely risk-free because if you're not satisfied after 30 days, you can get your money back from NordVPN. Adam, play the, let's play the advert. Why not, Adam? Let's mix things up again. Play, play the NordVPN advert. 1874 is proudly sponsored by NordVPN, so when the Villa are playing and you can't watch it, we want to help you. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile and your smart television. So if you want to watch some live content, it allows you to appear like you're in another country. And whilst you're connected, no one else can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy for you. As part of NordVPN supporting 1874, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free. This also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you've got to do is go to 1874.io slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details are also in the description. Also, this November, NordVPN are also promoting Movember, which is a charity based in the UK which raises money to help fight mental health, suicide, prostate cancer and testicular cancer. All are amazing causes and NordVPN has added a donation feature to their checkout which enables new users to donate £1, £5 or £10 or whatever the customer decides to donate. And even better, NordVPN will match every donation. As always, we're very grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight, but if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help keep the channel running and help us too. Probably. Fair enough. <laughs> and thank you to NordVPN for continuing to sponsor us. I've lost, completely lost my trail. Bad place for me to, to put in an advert when we're mid-conversation about a football match, Greg, because I've, I've completely lost where, where we were what when we talked about the game. Let, oh, let, me put, let, me, let me put one to you. Oh, I mean, on, you know, look, it's a big big week coming up for obviously Villa. What's the most important game for you? Getting past Chelsea and staying in the FA Cup and and you know hopefully going on to try and win a trophy or getting a result against Man United. The Chelsea game's taken on a, a further bit of importance to me just because I feel like the draw is quite kind afterwards, and then suddenly you can find yourself in a quarter final of, of, of the FA Cup. So I think that's I think that's massive. But for me, the Premier League every game. We need three points to just keep ourselves there. I think Peter Drury said in the commentary yesterday that, you know, at the moment there's a 70% chance of a fifth will get you in the, in the Champions League with the way the coefficients are working. So I just want to cement fifth as yeah. soon as possible and then aim for maybe higher when, when we know that we've definitely got fifth. Then I want to definitely get fourth and then we can start thinking about, <laughs> you know, any, anything else that, that may come after that. So still the Premier League is, is very, very important and the most important thing to me. But in my head now, I think the FA Cup takes on more importance than the Europa Conference League. I'd oh, rather, see us, win, I'd rather yeah, see us yeah. win that than the Conference League. 
in, um, I totally agree with you because I don't think actually, that's a popular winning, opinion, you know. But you gotta you gotta break it down and look a little bit deeper. If you win the FA Cup, it's and Manchester City and Arsenal and Liverpool the teams that take this competition really seriously as well. Then it's almost I'm trying not I'm trying not to sound stupid here, but it's almost as good as winning the Premier League in some respects because you have to beat the best teams who are fielding their strongest teams also to go and win that competition. So okay, you know, it, it, it's it's obviously it's not as good as winning the Premier League because it's over a, a much shorter span, but you still have to beat the best teams. To win the Europa Conference League, you have to beat a, low, a, low, a load of low-ranked teams who pretty much every Premier League team are expected to beat. You look at the history of the Europa Conference League so far, in the three years, I think, that it's, uh, it's two years that it's taken part previously, right, you know, Leicester right. got... Right, Leicester got to the semi-finals, didn't they? And West Ham went and won it, you know. And Villa are now expected to go and win it as well, or at least go very, very deep in the competition. So, the FA Cup, forget about the, the whole prestige of it, and, and because yeah, times have changed. Unfortunately, it's not the same as what it was like when you know our fathers were were growing up and, and watching the FA Cup and, and winning the FA Cup was an unbelievable achievement at that point because it was the biggest competition. But you know, it's lost a little bit of its charm, I think, because. Um, of, of just you know the way football has gone and modern football has gone, but look, I think that's coming it's... back now. I think that it's it's on its way back. Mm, I mean, I'd, it'd be great if it, if it was you know, because mm-hmm. um, you know it's a competition I, I used to love watching when I was when I was much younger, and I've I've fallen out of love a little bit with it because you know teams tend to uh, rest some of the players. But I do I do agree. With you. I think you're right because the real big teams take it really seriously and they want to go and win it because it's a big big cup win. Um, so, with that in mind, if Villa get the better of Manchester City and Liverpool and Arsenal and the other teams in the Premier League, um, then it's a much bigger achievement. Yeah, and something and 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 look, this this fan base is waiting for a for a victory now, isn't it? You know, that a, a cup win. The thing that the last real sort of thing they cling, they were clinging on to was the you know the playoffs, and it's just it was a great day out, and that feeling in isolation of being promoted from the championship and comparing that to perhaps winning the, the FA Cup. The feelings are no different. You're, you're absolutely buzzing to have won on the day regardless. But looking back in the future, you know, the FA Cup win will obviously be much more um, uh, highly regarded. My opinions on the Conference League keep changing because obviously I was buzzing for us to, to qualify. It's been a long time since we, we were in Europe. I found it at times, some of the games, a little bit tedious. If, if I'm being honest, in the group stage, but I understand that that will change as it get as it gets into the into the knockouts. You know, you've mentioned like West Ham and Leicester. You know where Villa are in the league. The teams that have been gunning for the Europa Conference League, or even the teams that have won it from other countries, they've not been in the position in the league that Villa are in now. I don't think Villa will be able to continue and fight on three fronts. I don't. I don't think that will that will be possible. And the other thing about the Conference League is compared to the FA Cup. The amount of Villa fans that would be there and get to be at the game mm. is like night and day. It's like thousands more, even like tens of thousands more, would be at an FA Cup victory at Wembley than would be at the Conference League in in Athens. So, for me, the FA Cup takes on more significance because I know as well that you know people of my dad's generation even haven't seen Villa lift the FA Cup. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are the yes. only thing they haven't seen. So I think if you're asking them whether the FA Cup is more important than the Conference League, I think most Villa fans now would say the FA Cup. Look, I get that. No, you don't have to. You don't have to pick one in isolation. You know what will be will be as you you go through the tournaments. But me personally, now if I had to choose, I also think the FA Cup puts less load on you, less load on the squad than, than the Conference League does. So at the moment, for me, the two priorities for Villa are the Premier League and the FA Cup. And then whatever it's four games, the isn't it? It's, 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 it's four yeah. more games. Villa needs to win four games to win the FA Cup. Yeah, how many is, I mean, how many is it to get to the final of the Conference League at this point? No, I, mean, I don't, don't know where we're at, but, uh, but they've Eight, already played. Uh, seven, so seven well. I think. Yeah, seven more. But um, Which is really difficult, you know. I mean, West Ham's achievement last year, they didn't lose a single game. It took, they is, took took it out of them, didn't it, in the league? Which is, but it's really, really difficult to do, yeah. And you know, they were they were fighting up there for for a little bit, weren't they? But they had little blips, and you know, during that during the hectic period, so it's difficult. Look, it's hard to maintain, um, you know, results and performances in all those in all those competitions. But bizarrely, Villa have actually been better when they've been playing three no, games know, a week rather sense, than one a week. It so, let's uh, let's. Uh, Let's go. Let's go back to the Sheffield United game. What was your your moment of the match? There were some some lovely moments. I mean, Douglas Louise's pass, for example, was absolutely stupendous. Yeah. What what a pass! I think Villa must have Villa must have kind of known Sheffield United were going to play like that, or must have but, watched tapes because I don't remember seeing Sheffield United actually against West Ham. It was I watched that game. They were quite high. I, I remember mm. thinking. I thought Wilder would come in and try and solidify them, but actually he's tried to get them playing football and got them higher higher at the pitch. They're not perhaps as compact as I thought. I thought they would be. I thought he'd try and get the defence right first, but he's actually gone a bit the other way and tried to get them scoring goals. But Villa must have seen something they can explore because we played in a far more direct manner than we have done in in any other game. We were playing the ball over the top. Wally Watkins was making lots and lots of of runs. Same with Leon Bailey coming in from the the right-hand side. But it was your moment of the game. Well, I think look, you know, even if they didn't, even if they didn't expect that, because look, the home game was completely different, wasn't it? You know, Sheffield United sat back and that actually worked well for them. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's surprising that they went and went and played like that. I suppose when you're bottom of the league, you've got to go and have a go, haven't you? Um, At home, and, especially. Yeah, yeah, because 
yeah, games are running out for them. They need to get wins. I think they're ten points behind, aren't they? Um, so you know, they, they well, or nine points behind. They need they need to start getting wins somehow. So maybe maybe the change of, of approach was um, was what they were trying to do. But players and obviously the manager would have sensed that early, even if they didn't prepare for it. And clearly, they reacted to the to it if they hadn't prepared for it. So yeah, it's interesting, um, isn't it? That it could be kind of either in-game management from Emery, or the players are intelligent enough to realise how the game is unfolding and yeah, and, and, and adapt. And, yeah, and and look, you know, they go through so many different uh, passages of play and um, plans in training every week. How they're going to get through a low block? What they're going to do against the high line? How they're going to play if um, they go down to ten men? How they're going to play if the opposition goes down to ten men? How they're going to play if they go a goal behind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, all of that is, um, yeah. you know, in their body of work. So you know, it can be as simple as look, we're turning to plan A, plan B, plan C, etc., etc. Um, my moment of the match, I think, look, Doug, Dougie Louise's pass was unbelievable, wasn't it? Um, I like Tillman's goal. To be fair, How, yeah, I think that was quick, mine. Quick, Came quickly after after uh, he should have scored the other one, probably. You know, it was a bit easier chance, wasn't it, the header? Um, but, uh, yeah, he's missed a couple in, in, in recent weeks from, from set pieces. You know, clearly uh, clearly a threat from, from set pieces. You, you look silly from Sheffield United to, to leave him open uh, on the edge of the box. And, and he, he only scores screamers, doesn't he? That's why, I li- that's why I liked it, because I've seen him score goals like that for Leicester so many times over the years. Yeah. I thought, I have loved it. I love him as a player. Like I love his technique and the way the way he manoeuvres the board. I've always thought I'd love him at Villa, but always just thought, <laughs> Leicester and Miles ahead of Villa, because they were. Yeah. We're never going to be able to, to sign someone like that. So to, so to have him, and I think, I think he's in Villa's best 11 now. Tillemans yeah. had to work hard to get there, a bit like what we were talking about with Bailey last week. You know, Tillemans has had to work hard to to become first choice. I think that was probably my moment of the game. But the, to, to, uh, the biggest compliments I can pay Villa from that game is one to Leon Bailey that when he cut in on his left foot, I just expected him to score from there because he scored that mm. goal so many times this season, and he, and he did. Second one is that that's the first time for about a month where I haven't sat there watching Villa and thought about Pau Torres. He didn't cross my mind <laughs> once during that game. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Pau Torres, isn't there? When, when you know, he comes back, if, 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 yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's classic, unbelievable. He? As soon as uh, I remember when Libor Kozak was out for so long, and he was brilliant. God, um, this shows how far we've come. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, there is a lot of pressure on him because I think most Villa fans think that their brilliant form was pretty much solely down to Pau Torres now. And okay, they are going to see an upturn. I think in um, the way they build up from the back when he when he's back, of course. But um, you know, you can't put too much pressure on him because it's a it's a collective thing. Going back to Telemans, I think he's benefited with uh, from Ramsey sort of not not being available for for um, you know a, a lot of the season. Um, I think he's playing really well now, uh, and yeah, that that was probably my moment of the game. Yeah, good Ramsey, good management as well. Away, he's got a forty-five minutes rest. Ramsey got on and got forty-five minutes. I feel sorry for Ramsey because obviously this is probably this is the, the second time he's or third time even that he's come back from from an injury now to try, to try and try and recover, and he just hasn't been able to get any rhythm at all. And you can visibly see when you're watching him that he just isn't at the level of the that he has been previously. No. And you know you wouldn't expect him to be. It's really difficult for him because he didn't have a preseason. Mm. And he's trying to get it's so hard to get the rhythm and, and get back into it. Especially when you come in yeah. through, I think it is three times he's kind of returned to the to the team now. Hopefully this can be sustained, but it's gonna be difficult for him to, to get back to that rhythm because of the stuff I've just mentioned. 
Yeah, I do feel for him a bit. It's been a real stop-start few months for him. Um, been been disappointing. I spoke to him at the after the last after the last game of last season, uh, the Brighton game. Brighton game at home, wasn't yeah, it? Brighton Villa's last, yeah, yeah. Uh, I spoke to him after that game, and he was in really good form at that point. You know, playing really well, a real big part of the the Villa team that were that were on the you know incredible run of um, home victories, and. You know, the questioning that was sort of coming from me was, how are you going to sort of, you're very close to being called up for England now, you know, how are you going to take your game to the next level to to sort of get that call up and then stay in the England squad? Um, because he was at that stage and it feels like the last sort of four or five months, he's just dropped back so much because of the injuries. Um But, you know, absolutely no doubt in his ability and, he, and his quality. As soon as he gets back fit, and match fit um, and in a bit of rhythm I'm sure we'll see the best of him again but yeah it must be must be hard for him yeah talk a bit about Ollie Watkins I mean we, we'll be repeating ourselves undoubtedly sometimes we do this podcast we talk about individual players obviously we've been speaking about how good they are all season but Ollie Watkins led the line absolutely superbly my, my man of the match which I'm sure means absolutely nothing to him that winning that award and you don't get a trophy for being my man of the match either but you know, to be top now of the the goal contributions table, so goals and assists through the season, the, you know the caliber of player here, and it still makes me laugh that people think that we can get a better striker than, than Ollie Watkins. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's so so good. He's a brilliant, brilliant player, Ollie Watkins. Yeah, we we sound like a broken record, don't yeah. we? Because every every time he goes through a, a run of games where he doesn't score, and and look, he's a streaky striker. There's there's no there's no, there's no denying that, but. He gets enough goals every single season to make him a brilliant striker, you know. And Villa, it would be really hard to replace him. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, he he scores and he assists. He leads the line really well. Lovely little dink cross for for Moreno, um, and and just was just a was just a nuisance throughout. And there are going to be times where he goes three, four, five games where he doesn't score, but then he'll score six in a row. You know that's just that's just how he works, and then over the course of the season, he's going to get enough goals um, to 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 highlight how important he is to this Villa team. And yeah, I've seen another stat on him. I think he's the first player to to register ten goals and ten assists in any of the top five leagues, um, the top five major leagues in Europe. So. It's not bad, is it? But a, where's this better striker coming from? You know where where, where, where they're going to where they're going to where they're going to where they're going to turn to to get somewhere yeah. better than him. You know? Unbelievable footballer and a nice guy as well, Ollie Watkins to boot. So yeah, really really pleased for him. Obviously, just surpassed fifty goals, fifty Premier League goals. I think it was for the for the for the football club as, as well. He's going to become Villa's record scorer, which you know that record's been been Gabby's for a long long time. But Ollie Watkins is he's going to take that mantle. He's a just such a such a good player. You know the way he leads that line. I don't think people realise some people how much work he gets through as well and even if he's not necessarily involved in the game what he's doing to pull people around to make space for the for the other players he's really really intelligent I don't think there's a massive really weakness in, in his game he scores right foot left foot he can score with his head as well he can mm-hmm. drop deep and collect the ball and, and hold it up he runs in behind he works hard you know where's the where's the weakness there that there isn't yeah. one for me just a, an absolute brilliant footballer 
Dean Smith used to say the the one weakness that he had was that he didn't believe in himself too much. He must do um, now. He didn't believe in himself enough, but you know that over the last few years, he, that's boosted his confidence. I think when he he, he lost a little bit of confidence under Gerard because he didn't score, for, he, you know, he scored maybe two or three goals, I think, um, under Gerard. I have to double check, but he, he was in a bit of a difficult spell uh, towards you know when Emery came in. But the work that Emery's done with him, you know, he look, he'll be he'll be flying high now. He's and he's a, a regular part of the England setup as well. It's almost helped him in some way. You know, Dean Smith will <clears throat> mean an awful lot to him. And I'm not knocking Dean Smith in any any way at all here. This is just an off the cuff feeling that's just come into my head while whilst we've been talking. But you know, Dean Smith was his manager at Brentford and Dean Smith picked him up and was his manager at Villa. It's almost I don't know how to how to explain this, but having a, another manager like Unai Emery a different manager, different voice, believe in him so much and think he's so good. Yeah. That's been good for him because at Brentford and Villa, it was, it was the same guy. So almost like Dean Smith saying he's lacking belief. Maybe there's something in it, you know, it's the same guy that believes in in, in him. You know, to have a world-class operator like Unai Emery believe in him and, you know, has come to Villa and could have had designs to bring in his own striker as well. But he's worked with him, decided that, you know, this guy can do what I want him to do and more. And Unai Emery's believed in him ultimately. Yeah, and you know he had the whole issue of um, him. He was the penalty kick taker, and then he lost his he lost his position as the penalty kick taker. That might have knocked his confidence a little bit over this summer. But the way he's bounced back, um, you know, from that and continued to score goals has showed that you know doesn't have to score penalties because he scores so many elsewhere anyway. That's the other thing, you know. He's up there with Harland and Salah, who obviously have missed football at, at different periods at the moment. Watkins doesn't take penalties, you know, mm. that for him to be up there with them that, it, that makes it even more impressive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morgan Rogers came on and, and made his Aston Villa debut. Greg, I thought he was going to score, but he managed to balloon <laughs> yeah. into the in, into the crowd. But another option for Villa. Difficult to tell in, in that brief cameo what, what he's all about. But Villa obviously eventually picked him up in, in January. Bertrand Traore moved on. Villa didn't quite manage to, to shift Callum Chambers. A few other players have, have come in as well. Do you make Villa stronger now than they were at the start of January? Because essentially Morgan Rogers has replaced Traore. And I'm yeah. not really convinced Traore was ever going to play any football for us. No, I don't think he was, was he? And look, you know, jury's still out on, on Morgan Rogers because he's played 
nine minutes of football for Villa. So we're going to need much more time to to know whether he's going to have an impact. You know, clearly the manager wants him. Uh, Mark Harrison, the academy director who who had him at uh, West Brom, played a big part in his in his arrival. Um, also, so you know that they believe in him. He's going to need a little bit of time to get used to Emery's style and, and working with new players. But I think he's quite tactically adaptable um, and somebody who yeah. should settle in pretty quickly. So look, it's a, it's another option for Villa. It's some it's a, it's a fresh option. He's, he's tall. We, we've spoken about previously Villa lacking a little bit of height um, until this season. Uh, you know, obviously. Sign some taller players in Zaniolo and, and Torres and um, have, have tried to address that because they were a very short side previously. Um, but that, you know, gives Villa a, another another option. Um, and he's someone with a lot of potential. I think he's going to kick on in the years ahead. So let's see. Uh, um, you know, he might just be Villa's wild card for this second half of the season. Yeah, he's kind of indirectly now going to be covered for Duran for a couple of months as well because Duran's mm. going to be going to, going to be missing. Is that is that a concern that you know, Villa don't have? Another natural centre forward. I know Emery said about Zaniolo playing there. I'm not surprised he was injured, by the way. He'd missing the game the weekend. The way he was running around the pitch like Newcastle, <laughs> like a lunatic. No, no wonder, no wonder he missed the game. Honestly, I've never seen. Yeah, he came on uh... was like he was like he was determined to, to do something to hurt himself. Yeah, he's a bit of a character in his Aniola. He's uh, we're kind of waiting for lift off from him, but yeah, I mean, he, he's clearly he's clearly trying, but it just hasn't quite worked for him. You know, he probably hasn't had enough minutes as he's wanted. Um, I do think it's a little bit of a worry that Villa haven't got somebody else they can turn to. But I also look at it and think, well, you know, there's, there's Leon Bailey, there's Moussa Diaby, there's Rodgers there now, there's Ramsey who can play slightly advanced if need be. I think Ramsey um, could play that role really well as the second shot. Yeah, I do too. I do too. So McGinn I'm not, as well. McGinn, McGinn, McGinn can play there if you know if needed. He, he, he's shown that for Scotland and and scored plenty of goals there. Um so I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I think there are plenty of options. I think Villa's options are strong. I said before the January window that I thought Villa were in good shape anyway. Um, they just need to make sure that Martinez stays fit, that Ollie Watkins stays fit, probably that John McGinn stays fit. Um, and if they can get Torres back, then I think they'll be in good shape. And Douglas Lewis. And Boba and Boba Kamara. <laughs> and Conser, what Conser? I mean, look, you know, but, Conser's but, gone off injured, hasn't he? Which is that we don't know the extent of that at the moment. Yeah, and 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 look, you know, it, it's it's very very unusual to have three of your you know your top three centre halves injured, and and that is where Villa are at present. We don't know about Conza. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see in the in the days and and weeks even ahead. But it's very unusual to have your top three centre halves out. So. Okay, Clement Longley isn't as good as um, Mings, Konza or Torres. But the fact that he's come in and Villa are still picking up points and are still in the FA Cup at this point, you know, he's, he's pretty impressive because there aren't, if you, if you just strip it down a little bit, there aren't many fifth-choice defenders better than Clement Longley, are they, in the Premier League? So. Yeah, Johnny that's Evans. Where, that's where Johnny Villa are at, at the Johnny moment. Evans, I think he's fifth, isn't he? Fifth centre back. Johnny Evans, he's played, ended up playing there. Playing a lot of football, hasn't he, at Manchester United this season? Just finally, finally on the game, Eric Boonham got a, got some minutes as well. And even in the brief cameo he had, as much as I, I didn't mind Endonker and thought he was useful, just in possession, Eric Boonham is a better fit than than Dendonker, isn't he? I think so. He's just got a bit more potential, hasn't he? You know, he, whether he needs another loan spell to go and to go and play regularly remains to be seen. 
Um, there were plenty of clubs in for him before he got injured uh, in the last window. He was never going out in this window purely because he'd just come back from uh, from injury and Villa were moving on. Uh, Dendonka anyway, so they they you know they actually need him at the moment as a um, as a backup. So it'd be interesting to see how he kicks on because yeah, very very highly rated from his time at West Brom um, and and rated by Emery too. Greg sent me a very excited message this morning about doing this podcast about, about Villa's other January signings. Do you want to just take us through the other players that Villa have brought in in January? Yeah. Mainly because I've forgotten the goalkeeper's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was more more to focus just on, on Lino Souza, to be honest. And um, It was just a, a player. Uh, it's become a bit of a running joke, hasn't it, that, that Villa, assigned, Villa continue to sign players that either play for West Brom's academy or have played for West Brom's oh, West Brom save West Brom on your CV and you've got you've got a chance of a role somewhere. <laughs> maybe, 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 I mean maybe, even, maybe you'll get the call Greg. <laughs> I've never played for West Brom. Okay. <laughs> um even even indirectly, you know, you look at Morgan Rogers, um Louis yeah. Barra, uh, you know, there are there are lots of Academy players that have moved over. But Lino Souza was a player that was always the top target from West Brom. He was a player that Villa had their eyes on two or three years ago. Uh and and we're desperate to sign him. Um, that I understand they actually that at some at some stage they they thought they might be able to get him, but there there were some complications, um, and he ended up going to Arsenal. But it was inevitable if ever he became available that that Villa would go back in for him. So it'd be really interesting to see how he kicks on. He's obviously gone out on loan to Plymouth. Um, if he can have a good second half of the season out there, then he might come back in the summer and, and be challenging for, for for a spot. But yeah, just somebody who, who Villa have had their eye on for a very, very long time. And it was it was quite funny, really, that, that they got it done. Cause it did come out of nowhere. I think it was uh, Fabrizio Romano who, who, who first sort of alerted did us. Just, that, a, just that, as my show bloody finished. <laughs> really? Yeah. Literally, literally, a minute after the show finished. Yeah, yeah. So it came, came a little bit out of the blue, but um, just for a bit of background, he's, he's somebody that they've been after for. Um, yeah, two or three years. Kind of, I kind of like that it was already pre-arranged. They they knew they were going to send him to, to Plymouth. Like they got that mapped out and, and got yeah. that planned out because they Villa seemed to know that Plymouth is kind of a safe space to to send players, a good place for for, for players to go. So it was. These are just the things that Villa never used to do. They didn't have a loans department. Yeah, they? This is just no, they didn't. Clever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there wasn't a loans department. You know, there was no head of emerging talent. <clears throat> that Villa have all that now. I've spoke spoken previously about the the the, the setup at Villa. You know, there are modern. In, there's a modern infrastructure there now. They're set up to kick on. Um, yeah, Emery's added the elite management and coaching um twist that 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 they needed but without everything in the background you know it would have been much difficult for uh, much harder for him I, I look at it as an example could Emery have gone to Chelsea and done as well as he has done at Villa with so much chaos in the background no. you know I don't think he could have Villa are very very well set up so um that's credit to Nassif Sawiris and uh, Wes Edens, who have continued to invest in in um, you know in good people, um, and then obviously previously Christian Perslow and, and Johan Langer, who did a lot of the recruiting and brought really good people into the club too. Yeah, great to say. I, I love how well run <clears throat> Villa are in, on the football side. I absolutely love how how Villa operates. It's brilliant, brilliant to see us operating in 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 that manner. Joe Gauchy's come in also, Greg from from Adelaide United. Bit of a difficult one with him because obviously he's he's been been away on on, on international duty, so it, he hasn't won't have joined. Actually, he might have joined up with them now. In in fact, but we don't really know 
loads about him. I'm not going to sit mm. here and lie. Also, we don't know whether he's coming in to be number two or, num- or number three. But he's got a bit of a bit of experience behind him, Australian international. And if he's anywhere near as good as the last Australian goalkeeper Villa had, then you know we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. We should get Bozzy on the we should get Bozzy on the podcast actually and see if he can give us any update. We did him we did him when we were with the Athletic when we did this on the Athletic, didn't we? Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We we should, nice uh... guy. Always wishes me a happy birthday on Facebook. Good guy, <laughs> I like Bosnich. Oh yeah, he looks <laughs> No, he's, he's a top guy, but obviously, you know, he's a pundit over in Australia, so we'd have watched much more of him. Um, but yeah, look, Villa, we knew Villa needed to address the goalkeeping department. It always felt like they needed a younger sort of upcoming goalkeeper to be the you know new number two, really, for Emmy Martinez. Um, obviously, a couple of youngsters who, who Villa have got out on loan, um, um, Philip Marshall, Marshall. and uh, Vilsen Salo. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how those two develop. But Robin Olsen, has he really done it for Villa? Probably hasn't. So it might be time for him to maybe, um, you know, step aside and, and someone younger to come in as the, as the number two to Martin. Interesting because so, yeah. we kind of lost the goalkeeper to Brentford, it felt. felt like he was probably the number one goalkeeping target and he, he decided to go to Brentford and be part of the first team squad immediately with with them. I said, to be honest, I've not been fully convinced by Flecken, so maybe he spotted an opportunity that he might be able to make himself number one at Brentford easier than than trying to dislodge Emmy Martinez, which is probably fair fair enough. But it's good <laughs> yeah. to say, we've we've said previously that clubs have a list of targets, so Villa yeah, will yeah. have moved down that list and they'll have identified it like I, I can't like I say, I can't sit here and say I know much about him, but Villa will have identified a particular style of goalkeeper, I think. And he uh, prof- on that the, list. It's a profile, isn't it? You know, a certain age, um, the p- potential to increase in value. Somebody who's prepared to come in and and, and be behind a very, um, you know, confident and established number one, uh, and 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 know that they're only going to play a few games each season. Yeah, be interesting. I'm interested to see what happens with, with him. How how soon he comes into the the first team forward. I guess either in the next couple of, couple of home games, Villa will always have three goalkeepers warming up. Villa will always have two goalkeepers on the bench as well uh, at the moment. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see to see and where, he, where he gone fits. out on loan as an to MK Dons. Yeah. So, a good move yeah, for him so. as well. MK Dons relatively relatively high level, isn't it? Did we yeah. sign anyone else on deadline? I'm completely lost track of of of, of where we are. Uh, just a youngster from from West Brom. That's uh, what we do. Okay, so we're doing 16-year-old. Rinse and repeat. We've, we've said this before somewhere, I'm, I'm sure. So, yeah, a, a decent transfer window for Villa in the end. But when you see generally, I mean, I remember saying that I thought it was going to be a quiet transfer window and I didn't think Villa would... I said I didn't think Villa would sign anyone. And and, and obviously they have. And people laughed at me. And OK, we signed, we signed one player and a few for the, for the future. But generally, I was right with what I was saying about the, the vibe of, of January. Let me tell you, some of those days at Sky <laughs> coming in, what's happening today? There wasn't much going on at times, but we, we made the best of it. Just a fascinating really, isn't it? How much how much PSR is is affecting teams and their ability oh, to do things. Was it less than a hundred million spent? Yeah, I mean, cl- clubs are just scared now. You know, they've seen the they've seen the Everton example. Yeah, Nottingham Forest are uh, uh, obviously facing concerns as well. <laughs> did, did, um, didn't stop them getting people in there. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Honestly. But, uh, but it, I think more than ever, you, you heard managers coming out and speaking and saying, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, we can't afford to do this. I think, uh, you know, Ten Hag came out and said that, uh, Arteta as well. So, yeah, it was across the board, really. Um, and, and look, you know, the best teams plan for their season in the summer and they only really sign in January if they need to react. Um and under the, the NSWE era, Villa have always been flexible and they've always brought somebody in in January. So, um, yeah, 
be interesting to see how how Rogers kicks on. Yeah, really well. Right, that does us, Greg. Thank you ever so much for joining me. What's the time? What's the time where you are? It's uh, half six now. It's nearly bedtime. <laughs> any, any chance of a, a round of golf before bed? I'm sure it's still light. Oh, no, it's dark now. Oh, is it it's dark, dark now, now pal? Oh, yeah. okay. All right, well, thank you for joining me. Anyway, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks to new 40-year-old Adam Bates as well for producing the show, as always. And thank you to you, the listener and viewer, for, for tuning in. Do all the usual stuff that helps us, commenting, liking, subscribing with your post notifications on wherever you're getting the podcast. It's always appreciated. Thank you for all the support. And we always get nice words on Twitter about this podcast as well, which isn't always the way on, on, on social media. So especially I find that over, over the last few weeks talking about other teams on, on Sky G's, you get some, get some abuse from people. <laughs> and luckily it doesn't really, really bother me, but God, if you talk about someone else's team, they get on you. Let, let me tell you, it's a horrible world. <laughs> so precious, right? isn't it? Football. It's so, oh, so precious. Mate, honestly, I've had some right stuff said to me over the last few weeks. It, it's absolutely amazing. But yeah, thanks for all the support you do give us because we, we really, really appreciate it. So I do see it amidst the social media abuse from, from other fans that's, uh, that's there. Mainly about the accent, in, in, in all honesty. That seems to be the, ma- the main critique. And I can't do anything about my accent, so it's not really... What can I do? <laughs> but I'll defend you to the hilt with that one, yeah, mate, because I'm pretty pretty similar. Yeah, what can, what can I do? It's, it's, it's <laughs> our salad. It's where, where I'm from. It's not, it's not going anywhere. So, yeah, I've not done badly considering uh, considering the accent. We'll be back next week, of course, with this show on a Monday, like we always are. I might see if I can get uh, someone together to do a, an opposition show before the Chelsea replay. I don't know why I call it an opposition show because it's a preview show. I've got dogs kicking off downstairs. They've, they've done well to, to get through the whole podcast. So, so let's go. But yeah, there'll be some more shows through the week. And as always, up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.